Hi, Shailene. This is Veronica. I just wanted to say that I love, love all your content and build your tribe on making all the podcasts my university. And I'm sitting down each day and taking one or two podcasts and taking notes on them. I also listen to them while I'm in the car, while I'm folding the laundry, whatever I'm doing. I'm a single mom. I'm listening to everything you have to say. Great content. You are super bright. You're a super nice person. Please don't go away ever. I love you, love you, and you're great. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey there. Welcome to Build Your Tribe. My name is Shalene Johnson. And my name is Brock Johnson. With more than 25 years of experience in a variety of businesses, I promise to share with you the ins, the outs, my failures, and successes. And my goal is to share with you these social media money-making strategies to turn your idea into passive income. Every week, my son, Brock, and I will share with you perspectives that will serve you regardless of the stage that you're at in your business. Whether you're a solo entrepreneur looking to grow your brand in social media or you've got dreams for a global brand, Build Your Tribe is here to serve you. All right, Mom, this one's all you. All right, today on Build Your Tribe, I have a special guest. This is Allison J. Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E. Allison has done a lot of things. She has built four multi-million dollar businesses from blogger to selling things online to now helping others to build their own online empires. She has figured out how to do this with four small children at home. She started her first online business after a little bit of time as a middle school teacher and realizing that number one, she didn't have much freedom and number two, she wasn't making any money. Her story is really inspirational, not only because of what it is she started with, which you're going to freaking love, because it's not something she was passionate about. It was just simply a way to make money. And in this interview, she will share with us exactly step-by-step how she did it then. Even cooler than that, Allison shares with us how you would do it step-by-step today without a social media following and without having to spend, which wasn't a lot of money back then, but today you can almost do it for free. It's pretty crazy. You are going to freaking love this inspirational interview with Allison J. Prince. Allison Prince, thank you so much for joining me today here on Build Your Tribe. And thank you so much for joining me as someone who's really going to inspire my Marketing Impact Academy students, those in particular who they know they want to do something and they feel like it has to be huge. Today, you're going to share with us your story. And I was hoping that we could just start by like, can you take us all the way back to your very first online success? Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. This is such a fun, fun thing to do. Like I said earlier, I've been following you for a long time. So I appreciate that you've been parting the way for a lot of entrepreneurs. Well, thank you. Okay. So yes, first off, I was a junior high teacher. Okay crazy. I taught math and science. And my first month, I put so much energy and effort into it to find out that I qualified for food stamps after they handed me my first paycheck. And I was like, wait, I don't want to live like this. My husband was going to school full time. I had a little baby. We just, I was a school teacher and had food stamps. That just did not jive with me. I had Mm -hmm. to figure out a way how to go out there and make extra money. And so I went to the local library 
and started reading some books about this online magical world. Who does that? Who goes to the library to read about the <laughs> online world? <laughs> like, were you Amish? Well, that was before the whole online big boom started to happen. So okay. this was right around when the online world was starting to come out. Okay. And did you have kids? I had two babies by this point. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I would just take them and they would go play in their little kid section. And then I would go to the library and start reading books. And I started reading about people selling products online. And I was like, oh, that sounds so perfect. I could stay home. I could raise my babies and have some money coming in. And I had a huge, two huge problems. Everything I read said that I had to have a lot of inventory and that I had to have a lot of money to buy the inventory. And of course, I didn't have either. And so it kind of put me in a bind. And that's when I started looking around my house to find the resources that I actually had. And I found some leftover crafting supplies and decided to sell that. I cut it down. It was vinyl lettering. Have you ever heard of vinyl lettering? Oh, yeah. So I didn't even have a cutter to cut it out into something fancy. All I could do is just cut it down into strips. And I sold that for my very, very first product. And it was literally headed to the trash can. So when you say vinyl lettering, were you actually selling just adhesive vinyl? Yeah, just basically a black sticky paper is what I sold. (laughs) Where did you find that? And were you buying it in bulk? Through life. You know how you accumulate crap? Yes. This was an accumulation of crap. It was from some leftover party or something that I had used and didn't use it all. And so it was sitting in the corner just starting to collect dust. Okay. So and and what year was it that you launched the the website that sold this? That was, I want to say 2011 by that point. Okay. So by 2011, where did you sell this vinyl? So I actually called a friend and said, can you help me set up a website? Shopify wasn't big at that time at all. Yeah, <laughs> We had yeah. never even heard of it. Correct. And so we built our own little platform, which I do not recommend. Shopify is there. It's the easiest, cheapest platform to sell products now. And so like people that start today don't have near the headaches that we had to go through. Girl, it's just girl. Like, uh, I mean, come on. Can we like seriously do a collective high five on that? I keep telling people <laughs> like, I'm not just saying this, y'all. It was so freaking hard. It yeah. was so much more technical. It required so much more money. It required so much more risk. Today, like, you have no excuse. I think with what I'm hearing you correctly, Allison, you're telling us that if we are hoarding, like, supplies and junk, those are things we could sell. Like, who would have thought that people would actually buy scrap pieces of vinyl? And what were you telling them to do with it? So that was the day of the big Pinterest boom, right? Oh, sure. So I didn't even have to be creative. I just said, look at all the things that you can do with this vinyl. Pinterest was like a gold mine. So were you showing pictures of ideas on Pinterest and they weren't uh-huh. even your ideas? Yeah, I would link to them because <sighs> I was afraid that I couldn't take their pictures. I didn't want to like steal their pictures and put sure. them on my site. Yeah. So I would just link to them and say, go look at this board of all the ideas that you can do with this vinyl. But it gets better. So after I put that first product up and I sold out, I was like, this is so magical. I was so excited. But then it hit me. Oh my gosh, I sold out. What else am I going to sell? I've got to figure out another product for the next day. And so I went through my crafting bin again and we had these leftover little gable boxes from an old birthday party. 
from one of my kids and put those up and we didn't sell any. And Mm -hmm. I was so frustrated. And then the third day they didn't sell. And it was at that point where I was like, maybe this just isn't right for me. Maybe I just got lucky one hit wonder and I about walked away from something magical that was about to happen. I think I was just being tested to see if I was ready to get on the roller coaster ride. I needed to decide if I was going to get in or if I was going to get out. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no one foot in, one foot out. So I decided to post again on the fourth date. I ended up selling out and it was just leftover product. And I wish I could remember what it was, but, and I can tell you some of the product I do remember that we started doing after that, but it was such a pivotal moment at that time to decide the entrepreneur journey is going to be like a roller coaster, but mm-hmm. I really had to commit to it. And then any trial that came up in the future, I just kept going back to that. Okay, I'm in the roller coaster. We might be going down a little bit, but there's going to be an amazing peak coming up. So just keep going. Just mm. keep going. There's so many entrepreneurs that get going and they just stop right before something magical is about to happen. And I kind of want to shake them and say, don't stop. Don't yeah. stop. Don't stop. Just right there. I had the opportunity yesterday to interview Naveen Jain who's a multi-billionaire author of the best-selling book, Moonshot. I asked him about the highs and lows of entrepreneurship, and he, he made a wonderful analogy that so succinctly matches what you've just said. And he said, the entrepreneur's life, that is life. You are alive because think about what a heartbeat looks like on an EKG machines. It's super high peaks and lows, peaks and lows. And if you flatline, if things are that smooth, you're dead. I thought, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so true. And it allows us to embrace those low points. Allison, let me take you back to the day, the moment you looked at your inbox and realized you had a sale from a complete stranger. Can you (laughs) really, for a moment, like close your eyes and go back to 2011 and tell us what Allison, who had never made money from a stranger online selling things, what did that feel like? And what did it awaken in you? And what were you thinking? Do you know, it's funny, because I think about that moment a lot. And that moment was more pivotal than anything else I've ever done. Like there's something about making that first dollar, that whole mind shift of being able to sell online that you never forget. And I remember I had a baby on a hip, a toddler on a leg, and I was just screaming and dancing. There was (laughs) sippy cup milk flying everywhere. My husband (laughs) running out of the room. What's the matter? And I'm like, I just made my first dollar. Do you remember how much? The very first sale was? Yeah, it was $4.99. cents. $4.99. <laughs> $4.99 exchange changed the trajectory of your life. Totally. 100%. What did you feel? Like, seriously, tell me all the things that were racing through your head in that moment. Why it was such a victory is because you build and you put so much thought, effort, energy into something. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times we don't celebrate ourselves and even just like $4.99 like most people can sneeze that out right but for me it was so groundbreaking for my my soul mm, your soul that just lit the fire Allison so many listeners people who are sitting at home and and they've got notepads filled with ideas and 
what exactly it's going to look like. They know exactly what the domain name is going to be and, and how they're going to package it and how they're going to sell it. And they've maybe even written their first email sequences and maybe they've done a lot of the planning and prep work, but they're so afraid to pull the trigger because I think we've been sold <laughs> on the notion that if you're going to do something, it needs to be huge and you need to be able to say to people, this is my why. Like all these TED Talks are like, find your purpose, find your why, you know, follow your passions and the profits will follow. Were you incredibly passionate about vinyl lettering? <laughs> I love that you say this because I wasn't blessed with this big, huge vision of my business or where I was going to be 10 years later. I'm, I believe in God and I believe he pushes us step by step. Some people are blessed with huge visions. I wasn't. And I'm okay with that. I'm so grateful that he didn't give it to me because I think I would have just shuddered to know what I'm doing now. Like 10 years ago, I couldn't have handled it. In your own opinion, do you think that people, what's more important, a big vision or the courage to take a small step? A small step. Because if, just think about it, like if you are in a dead sprint and you realize a mile later that you've been going in the wrong direction, that's a lot more painful than mm. if you were to take one to two steps in the wrong direction. You can change, you can pivot so much faster. And so it's not a race, it's movement forward. It's testing, is this right? Oh my gosh, it is. Oh no, that doesn't feel right. I'm gonna turn a little bit, I'm gonna turn. That's what entrepreneurship is. Laying a yellow brick road to get to the Oz that yeah. we're all trying to get to. It's just one yellow brick at a time. That's interesting. I, in fact, it makes me think about the team that I have that supports everything that I do. I will often tell them, check in with me really early. And that's not because I want to micromanage. It's because I don't want you to build a Roman style cathedral. And what I was really looking for is a futuristic modern something, right? And yes. so just take a little step, check in, take a little step, check in. And you know, by checking in, what I mean by that is it is such a different opportunity for people than even in 2011 when Allison started her business, where social media provides you an obligation to run things by people and say, what do you guys think about this? Would this be interesting? What would you pay for this? Would this uh -huh. be something you'd want to know? Like back then, I'm sure Allison, you would agree. There's so many things I was like, I think this is a really good idea. And then we would like craft it and build it and then put it out to the world. And it was the wrong price, the wrong name, the wrong everything. Yep. And we just, it took so much longer. Today, I'm like, you have a focus group. It's called Instagram stories or whatever community online, like for our Marketing Impact Academy students, I tell those who don't have a big social media following, your fellow students are your best focus group because they're going to yes. be on, brutally honest because they want you to do the same. So if Allison were doing this today in mm -hmm. 2019, what would step one be? Step one is exactly what you said. Test the market. You, everybody has social media accounts, right? Just say, hey, do you like red or pink better? And they're like, everybody's voting on pink. You're like, okay, I need to find something pink. So when we say test the market, that might be a, a term that intimidates some. And I think what both of us are saying is Test the market means just ask freaking questions. So what would you have asked back then about vinyl? Do you like fancy font or block font? And would you show them pictures of it and say, guys, I have this stuff. Would you be interested in it? Absolutely. I mean, now we can go get screenshots. We can do the voting right on our Instagram stories. Like, it is so great. <laughs> yeah. 
to be able to ask our friends and our family. And then we can start asking them even, hey, what would you guys pay for this? Yeah. Like, why not ask them what they would pay for it? Then you can find out the pricing, right? Right. Even see if you're in the market, you're not selling them anything. All you're doing is you're just asking questions and getting your brain to turn so that when you're ready to go, you've got a lot more information. So back then you bought a domain, I assume, had mm-hmm. somebody design it, then you probably had to either buy a, an e-commerce plugin or maybe you had one built. Is that accurate? Yeah, I had one built. Don't do it. Is that crazy? Don't do it because you don't need to. <laughs> no, we crashed every single day. Every single day we went down. <laughs> right. So then today it's what would you tell someone who's got bring it all the way back to your exact example, because I freaking love that. <laughs> I've got a couple of drawers worth of duplicate craft materials. If I just open that up and I wanted to sell that stuff, what would you tell me to do? Put it on Shopify. So go get pictures. There's actually groups out there that Facebook groups that you can send them product and people will take beautiful pictures in exchange for the product. So for instance, if I had this vinyl, I would ship this vinyl to a photographer. They would take pictures and send me pictures and then they would get to keep the product. So that just cut down on having to find a photographer, having to... Do I need to find a photographer? I mean, is it that, is that important? Photography can make or break. If you're doing it on your kitchen at 10 o'clock at night with your lights on and using your cell phone versus someone that stages the product in natural light, mm. the natural light product is going to sell so much better. But it's more than like, yes, that's great. But it's also the vision. Mm. You're not selling like I never sold vinyl. I sold the vision of what you can do with it. Mm. And that was so much easier to talk about than it's this much sticky and it's this thick and it's X, Y, Z, right? I sold the vision of what you could do with the vinyl. And that's what sold. That's really, really good advice. That's so true. Because like in my mind right now, I was just thinking about the fact that a lot of my designer clothes, I will usually just give them to the real real. Are you familiar with them? I'm not. It's like a resale site where they guarantee the authenticity of designer goods. Well, I use that site and I think I get like 50 to 70%, something like that. And then we donate all the proceeds. That's like one of the things that we do with all the proceeds. But I'm like, you know what? I'd like to get 100% of that. Maybe I will just start a Shopify and that way I've got more to donate. But I just pictured myself like putting them on a hanger and taking a picture of it with my cell phone late at night. No, create a vision. You need to be in it and then you need to sign the cuff or... (gasps) I love it. Tag like people would pay big bucks because they know you are in it. There's a story behind it. Okay. Like I went to this gala with this on, and this is what I wore. Or I ran up this mountain with my husband, and this is what I did. People will pay more money for the story than they will a product. I love this. I'm on this, girl. (laughs) This is so great. Okay, but how? um, I'm not Shalene Johnson. I'm not Allison Prince. I don't have a big following, how do I even get traffic to my Shopify site or whatever you know platform I'm using to sell these goods? Because there are several different platforms now, marketplace mm-hmm. platforms, where you don't even have to buy a domain name. You can. That's nice. Yep. You don't have to know how to code or have something built for you in terms of e-commerce. It's literally plug and play. That's great. That's awesome. I built this thing. I've sent out these photos. I've thought about the story and the feeling that I want to convey to people. But how in the world am I going to get people to that site? I love that you asked this question because this is, I think, an untapped market 
where this is where I've played for 10 years and I still do it today because it works over and over and over again. I use micro influencers. Hmm. So influencers are the ones that are out there on Instagram every day, building their tribe, getting their audience warm, talking about products. And this is what they do for their living, right? And the only way they make money is if a company comes in and says, hey, I'll give you a portion of the proceeds or an affiliate commission Mm. if you sell these products. And so that creates this amazing three-win triangle, this Mm. three-way triangle of the influencer talking about your product, you selling your product, and the customer getting amazing product. And so the influencer, I like micro. So my micro, my sweet spot is 10,000 to 100,000 followers. And they have sold the most product for me. If you're going out and looking for like 6 million followers or 20 million followers, you're going to pay so much. Yeah. And the smaller ones are where the biggest conversions have happened, at least for me. I'm not sure if you've noticed this. We play in the influencer's space and obviously you know because of my following people will come to us to offer us influencer deals i've noticed a really interesting trend that there is better engagement often and a more loyal tribe to what i would call a newer influencer in other words someone who didn't start that long ago i think back in the day when we got instagram you followed everybody Mm -hmm. you know from time to time i go through my follow list and i'm like what who even is this? Why am I following them? Who is this? You know, and I think people are more selective now with who they follow. And, and frankly, Instagram isn't going to show you that person's content unless you're truly interacting with it. Okay, so now let's walk me through the tactical steps. That's what I love about the content you've been giving to us so far, Allison. It's so tactical. Like if you're sitting home with a pad of paper and you're not writing out step one, step two, step three, I don't know what's wrong with you. So micro-influencers, let's use my example. So I want to sell some high-end designer, lightly used goods and donate the proceeds. And I'm happy to donate a percentage of those proceeds to a micro-influencer who could help me do this. How do I reach out to them? What do I say? And how would I structure that? Okay, so the way you approach an influencer is just like a brand new neighbor moving into your neighborhood. You wouldn't go over there and throw the door open and go sit on their couch and (laughs) boss them around, right? You're, You're going to create a friendship with them. And influencers, they're human beings and they crave friendships. They crave just to be treated like a human and to be acknowledged for all of the work they're doing. And so when you approach them, You talk to them, number one, like a human and not a robot. I know a lot of people get so scared to talk to influencers because they get a little bit of starstruck. Mm. I promise you, they they all have bedhead. They all have morning breath. Like, they're just human beings, right? Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And so push out that and talk to them as though you're talking to a friend. And just say, hey, I've got something that I think your followers would absolutely love. And I want to give you a cut of the profits. And so they can see that it's for them. You don't want to make it about you. Like, oh, I've got this really cute jumpsuit that I want to sell. They Mm -hmm. don't care about you. They want to know what's in it for them, Mm -hmm. right? They're Mm -hmm. fast. They're going a million miles a minute. A lot of them have kids at their feet or whatever it is, right? They're just, we're humans and we're all super busy. And so if you can go in and make it about them, 
and about how their customers or their following is just going to feel like magic when you show this product to them, they're going to be a lot more interested in what you have going on. I love this. Thank you for giving us like that information alone. Just treat them like a human. That's huge. I can say that's <laughs> certainly true for me. I get yes. every day dozens of what I can tell are copy and paste. Hey, we think your audience would blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested in? We'd like to offer you. I'm like, I don't even know who this is. It feels I'm not interested. But there are brands who like really, truly great brands that I have conversations with them and they haven't hit me up for that, but I tend to just promote them anyways because I like who they are, who's behind yeah. their brand, and, and it feels more like a friendship than, you know, you're looking at me as numbers. Okay, so let's say I paint these signs with cute sayings on them, whatever, mm-hmm. on wood, and there's not much profit margin. Let's say I make $20 per sale. How would I position that? would you suggest to a an influencer? So we usually start out with a 10% commission. Okay. That's where we start. And then that's like a good way to get in because it's a little bit more than Amazon, right? And at the end of the day, you really want to write your influencers the biggest check possible because if you're writing them big checks, then they're going to want to promote you forever, mm-hmm. right? And so it's not about nickeling and diming the influencer. It's about putting them in the best possible situation. Here's another thing. When we get done with a promotion, we like to figure out the pain point of the influencer. So maybe she's married and her husband is gone on a work trip. We will send in dinner and say, hey, thank you so much for your time. We value it. We're going to give you back time by cooking you dinner tonight. And then it's, we Uber it in and have it delivered to mm. them. Or if they've just had a baby, I like to send paper products. So paper plates, paper cups, silverware, and just say, thank you so much. I'm going to do your dishes for a month. I love it. Just acknowledging the pain that, because everybody has a trial, right? Everybody's short on something. Everybody's frustrated or scared. Like if you can figure out their pain point and help alleviate that and make their life a little bit better, you're going to create a long lasting relationship. And that's what you want to do with these influencers. You want to basically get in a marriage relationship with them. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. it's not those like, oh, just those gross dates that you had in like high school. (laughs) You don't want to deal with that type stuff. Like you're looking for a long-term relationship with these influencers to make it a win-win over and over and over again. My brain is going to the fact that, okay, if an influencer can sell one of these paintings for me, these Mm -hmm. hypothetical paintings, uh, these imaginary paintings I've created, and I'm making $20 and I'm giving them 10%. If I'm an influencer, I'm like, I don't know how that's worth it. However, if I know that I've got a $20 profit, right, that I can play with, Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to get that sale anyways, if it's not for them, I'm willing to give them 50%. Is that too aggressive? Not at all. If you have those margins, do it. Okay. Do it. Because just think, the influencer has been working for probably years to grow their audience, right? If you go out and do Facebook ads, Facebook doesn't need any more money, right? I would much rather pay an influencer who's been working hard growing their business than gamble it on Facebook ads. I would put my money in an influencer any day. (laughs) Is this something anyone could do like you know if i recall i heard a story about your girls 
doing something with this. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So when my daughters were 10 and 13 years old, you know, the tween age age where they start sleeping in way too much. Yes. We, my husband and I decided to do something about it. So we gave them three choices and it was to move out of the house, do more chores or start a business. And of course, (laughs) they're going to start a business. They're like, I'm looking for an apartment, mom. It was kind of that parental self-guided choice, right, that we all do. (laughs) And so they decided to start a business, but I was mama bear. I didn't want them to have a social media account, Mm -hmm. right? They're little, like so little. And so they used influencers to grow their business. And they just with influencer strategy, they hit their first six figures when they were 10 and 13 years old. Well, let's back this up. That's jaw dropping. What, What did they sell? They sold scarves. And what kind of scarves? Were they making them, importing them? So they got them from California, from Fashion Go, and they took out a $200 loan from us. And yes, we did charge them interest because Mm -hmm. that's how the world works, right? And they went and they used an influencer to drive traffic and they sold out of those scarves and then they were able to make enough money. Can you tell us, like, do you remember what they paid per scarf? I think it was three fifty. Okay, three fifty for a scarf. And what kind of scarves were they? We need to picture this. So it was a chevron print. Oh yeah. So the zigzaggy, and then they had a bunch of different colors, and then instead of the ends being open, it was infinity. a never-ending scarf. Uh huh. An yeah. infinity scarf. Mm-hmm. And they were trending, and that's one of the like another thing that I found is you don't have to come up with these crazy Shark Tank ideas. You just need to find what's trending. Did they put them on Shopify? Yeah, they put them up on Shopify. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they used an influencer to drive traffic. Just one? Well, they were testing it. So mm-hmm. they reached out to an influencer and said, hey, do you want to sell these scarves? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. And they sold out within minutes. And so mm-hmm. that gave them enough to go buy another order. And they did that a couple times until they had enough to place an order from China. And then that's when their margins went up and they were paying about 57 cents a scarf. Oh, I love this. Now, they, you said they placed an order from China. Did they fly to China by themselves, or, or are you talking about Alibaba? <laughs> Alibaba. No, okay. I'm not letting them. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's really cool about this. Is I love these actionable steps. You hear, like, they got them from China, and someone's going, oh, well, there's my obstacle. I don't know how to speak Chinese. But yep. there's literally websites that are, again, these marketplaces where you can speak directly to the manufacturers and buy in bulk, whether it's lashes or scarves, camera mounts, you name it. Yeah. And Alibaba 10 years ago was not like it is today. They've got the most amazing communication system, whereas 10 years ago, it was seriously a dinosaur. And so don't be afraid of it. Just get over there, set up a free account and start talking to them. I mean, I've talked a lot about the importance of not necessarily making your kids run a business, because I think your kids should be kids and it's unrealistic to think that they should be like putting on a bow tie and meeting with a board of directors. But you can tell kids that they have everything it takes to be self-sufficient, or you can give them the opportunity to experience that themselves, even if it's just one really jaw-dropping, life-changing experience. And so what do you think that taught your daughters? So that I think of all the successes of all the businesses that I've built, watching them learn about themselves and about how the power that they truly have inside to do the things that they want to 
and watch them get over the bumps and the issues and the problems. And at one point they had to fire people. That's really hard for a 10 year old to even grasp that concept. And just being able to go through, mom, can I do this? Mom, can I do this? And then they see that they can. The self-esteem that was built inside of them is so powerful. Yeah. Today, my, my daughter, Michaela, she's about to launch her next business. She doesn't have, like, she's cut down so much of the self-doubt because she's already done it once. And she was That's taught right. at such a young age that risks, you do take risks as entrepreneurs. And yeah. sometimes they don't always go as planned, but you just move a little bit. You shift and then you move forward. And so I think that was the most powerful thing is watching them believe in themselves. Oh, Allison, what a wonderful gift you have given. You and your husband have given your daughters. It is a confidence. They will tell that story for the rest of their lives. It'll probably get bigger and bigger and bigger. (laughs) (laughs) They're running a warehouse. But speaking of which, did they have to ship goods? So at that age, at 10 and 13, they didn't understand the concept. Like stuff would just arrive in the mailbox, but they didn't understand that someone was on the other side picking, packing, shipping it. And so we actually had them pick and pack. Now, here's the beautiful thing about setting up an online store. I didn't want my kids working 24 hours, seven days a week. They're kids. They still had church activities. They still want to be in the band. They still want to do all the kids stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so we set up hours. So they work Tuesday nights and Saturday mornings, and that was it. And so the scarves would come to our garage And they just had this little tiny, small workspace. And when they had a lot of orders, they would invite some of their friends over. And so their friends could make money. And they were pretty excited about that. And they got to learn the whole process of how that works. Mm. Now, at this age, with them being a little bit older, we could skip it and they could go to either like a fulfillment center or something like that. But I really wanted them to understand the whole process from thought to execution, to getting their products into their customer's hand, how it happened, so that when they go on to build other businesses, they understand how everything works. They've packed those boxes. They've bagged those groceries. (laughs) I love that. Last question. Seasons. I probably the busiest and least focused when my kids were really young and (laughs) I sacrificed sleep. I made a lot of mistakes. I don't think I made a lot of mistakes as a parent. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but like I really prioritize that a lot of times over doing the right things in business or getting ahead. And I didn't have the same systems in place today that I know entrepreneurs need if they want to align their life in the way that they want to. And especially for parents, I hear a lot of them, maybe it's an excuse, they'll say, oh, I'm so happy to hear you talk about seasons. Now I know I don't have to move forward with this business idea that I have because I want to honor my family. But sometimes I wonder Mm -hmm. if that's not just an excuse because I personally believe there is a way to do both. I had two kids though. You have four. How do you do that? So (laughs) it's a challenge. I'll I'll just put it out there right now. There are days where mother's guilt has completely crippled me. It's hard. Let's just really be real and take me back to a time really recent when successful Allison felt major mom guilt, what was it? So it actually happened in February. I had gone to a business conference called Funnel Hacking Live. I was there for an entire week 
And I had taken my two girls and my husband and left my two little guys at home. And I got home at six o'clock in the morning and it was an hour before they had to go to school. So I had an hour with them after I hadn't seen them for an entire week. And I dropped my kids off to go into school and my little guy looked at me and just started bawling and said, Mom, I miss you so much. Oh. I miss you so much. And then what do I do? I start bawling <laughs> because it was so much weight on me. And I had, I knew I had a couple choices. Like I hadn't seen him for a while, so I should keep him here with me because, you know, he's only going to be one young once. Or I need to let him know that I'm always here for him. Mm. And there are some times where I'm going to have to leave. But after school, I was like, we've got a date. We're going to go on a date. And as soon as school was over, I took him. We went to the fun zone and he won like this crazy hundred dollar toy that you never, ever win at these. (laughs) He just, (laughs) he was running around and so happy. That's a wonderful story. You know, I, some takeaways that I heard, if we can really be, you know, transparent with the parents out there who are also entrepreneurs is that We can't sugarcoat it. It does take sacrifice on your part. And I think if Mm -hmm. I can just be really brutally honest, I think there are some entrepreneurs out there who they make their child sacrifice. And I think that's bullshit. I think if you have kids and then, you know, going out and changing the world is great. Like you change the world by staying and making sure your family's taken care of first, right? So like mm-hmm. to be gone for yeah. a week is gone for a week. That's not gone for a year. That's not gone for years. And that's fine if I get people who unfollow. And But that's my mission is family. That is my mission is like yeah. to help people understand you can do this without destroying a family, a marriage, or, you know, raising kids who end up in therapy. Not that therapy is yeah. bad. But you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> my kids go through. But here's a sacrifice I heard. I know when your son was home from school, you really wanted to be sleeping, you know, <laughs> and you wanted to be getting caught up on all the things that you were a week behind on from being away. I know that. And I know that feeling. And I know that you you made that sacrifice because your child is more important than your business. And so I just want to say to those entrepreneurs, I don't think that there's a perfect balance where it's like 10%, 10%, 10%, 10%. But if you decide what percentage of your time should be focused on your child and what percentage or children and what percentage on your marriage and what percentage on your kids and your faith, like you should decide those percentages. And yes, you can have balance as long as it's defined by you. And that may require a lot of sacrifice. I know it's hard, but if what's important to you, that might mean if going to the gym at 5 a.m., if that's important to you, that may require sacrifice. You might have to sacrifice some sleep or being cold in the morning. Like the things that we are truly important to us, ladies and gentlemen, they do require some sacrifice, but put it on paper, plan it out, and then honor it. So when you do plan it, when you do put it on paper, when you do make those sacrifices, then you have a celebration. Yes. And so with our family, after that, I only do a few events a year because I truly do like to be home with my family. But when I do have these random events here and there, then we get to go on a vacation. Whereas if if I was working as a teacher mm-hmm. still on food stamps, I wouldn't be able to True. do the things that we do together as a family. Like take three weeks and go do a volunteer trip in Thailand or go to Disney World, just 
whatever it is, right, that we get to be 100% together as a family. So was that week hard away from Davis and my son? Absolutely. But did it open more opportunities for us to be together longer? Hands down, absolutely, yes. Oh, there's the lesson in it. That's so powerful. So much to be inspired by today. Allison, thank you so much for sharing like literally not just what you did, but exactly how you did it then. And even cooler than that is you share with us what that would look like if you did it today. It's a <laughs> remarkable. I know that you have a, a really cool quiz on your website that helps people to kind of figure out like what they should do or like their, their superpower. Where can people uh-huh. find that? At allisonjprince.com and Allison with one L. So A-L-I-S-O-N-J as in Johnson, Prince, P-R-I-N-C-E dot com. There's a quiz there. And where can people connect with you? Like, where are you most active in social? Um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. (laughs) That's how we connected is on Instagram. Well, I, I really would love, love, love to stay connected. I think that you embody so many of the things that I want other people to see as possible. So thank you for sharing your story with me today. I I know people can picture themselves in your shoes, and, and I hope that they can also imagine your success being their success. Yep. If a junior high school teacher a mom of four can do it, mm-hmm. literally anybody can do it with the tools that are out there today. You just need to move forward. Oh, that's awesome. Allison, thank you so much. It is our goal here on Build Your Tribe to be brief, to be bright, to make it fun, and then be done. Ladies and gentlemen, we done. Hey there, I'm Miller DeRay with Team Johnson. I wanted to share with you 11 ways to grow beyond 10,000 Instagram followers and monetize your page. Just go to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash IG hacks or by clicking the link below this episode. Shaleen is going to share with you tested and proven tips you can start using today to monetize your account and grow your business with Instagram. If you find these tips helpful, then you definitely want to become a member of the Marketing Impact Academy. Not only will you learn cutting edge, up-to-date social media growth tactics for Instagram and other social media platforms, but you'll also get the exact steps you need to take to build your brand and a solid business foundation to create multiple streams of passive income and grow your business faster than you ever thought possible with, by the way, Lifetime Access, the only business growth and marketing course you'll ever need. Stop hustling on social media, okay? And get serious about your business growth. And now I'm excited for you to hear what just some of our students have to say about Marketing Impact Academy. I'm a student of Shaleen. She taught me how to make millions of dollars. I am being paid six figures a year. I went from about $50,000 a year to over $200,000. What Marketing Impact Academy has done for me, and that was to manage my time and to streamline my business. It's a step-by-step process, and if you follow the steps, you get a return on your investment. That is my absolute favorite part about the Marketing Impact Academy. But also, I've applied her principles in marketing to other industries, including venture capital, products, all kinds of bizarre products. Just in the last few weeks, we closed up a Kickstarter using her principles and we raised over $400,000. Whether you're a busy mom or just a busy person trying to juggle life and your business, 
I highly recommend trying Marketing Impact Academy. You've got to learn how to market your business and you've got to learn how to market your business the way that we are today. I really want to recommend Marketing Impact Academy because it completely changed my life.